Hello, friends. Uh, coming at you here after. Uh, so today just launched a plugin called Intersect for Alpine. So I teased a handful of plugins during Alpine Day, and now I'm getting to actually publishing them. And yeah, so Intersect is the first one that I tackled. It's done. It's out. Its version is version is tagged. Um, there's documentation for it, whatever. So I figured I would just hop on here and give you an update. Uh, and of course there's going to be like three episodes following this about all the other random stuff that I want to tell you about, but yeah, so let's talk about intersect. So first things first, what it is, where did it come from? It came from, so the first time I really needed something like this. Yeah. This idea came from my make VS code awesome landing page. There's a, like a key SVG somewhere on the landing page. And when you scroll to it, I wanted it to kind of like womp up, you know, that's the best way to describe the animation, animation, like a womp. And so I wanted to do that. So I'm looking into ways to do that. And the, the prescribed way is using intersection observer. So there's ways you can do that, uh, with like listening for a scroll event on the page. And then in that scroll event, checking to see if an element is visible in the viewport, but it's problematic. That's the way that, that it's always been done. That's problematic for two reasons. One, listening, having a scroll event listener is a little bit dicey. So if you don't do it right, it can fire way too often and clog up um, the smooth, clog up smooth scrolling. So if you're on like a portable device and you kind of just like flick your finger up, um, those events are going to get fired like crazy. And if you're doing decently expensive work, like checking, you know, to see if something is visible, then you can clog up the scroll and make it really janky. So you can get around that by doing a few things. You can debounce the handler so that the handler only fires. I guess you don't want to debounce. You want to throttle. Um, you would throttle the handler so it only fires every, I don't know, 25 milliseconds or 50 milliseconds rather than every single scroll event, which is like a zillion times a second. Um, so you could do that. And also there's, there's a thing when you do like, you know, document.addEventListener scroll or whatever it is, there's a an option you can pass called, I think, yeah, I don't know. You can, you can basically set, is it? Yeah. You can set it as a passive event listener. It's an option you can specify so that you're listening to that event passively. And all that means is that you don't clog up scrolling on touch devices. So that's kind of a fun little tidbit there for you, but whatever, all of this is not the way you should do things. And that's, that's the first reason. The second reason is that checking if, uh, if an element is visible is an expensive operation. It's one of those things that um that you don't want to put inside a, a giant for loop because you'll you know clog up the browser so anyway there's a better way to do that now there's a new api in browsers called intersection observer i don't know how new it is it's at least like probably not supported in ie 11 kind of new i don't actually know offhand though but yeah intersection observer is a fantastic little tool in browsers that allows you to register a callback on an element basically that only gets called when that element intersects with the viewport so viewport being the browser window you know if there's something below the fold something way below the page as soon as that thing comes into contact with the viewport somehow intersects with it then it'll call your callback and there's lots of so it's it's really simple so you can do this by hand and that's what i did i just did it by hand on the make vs code awesome page but there's lots of little annoyances for example um the handler will fire like 
as the thing is coming into the viewport a ton of times. So, you know, you have to like kind of detect in your handler. There's something called, I should have brushed up on this. I actually wrote this plugin a long time ago. Um, there's a threshold that basically means like if the threshold is zero, it means that thing is not visible in the viewport. If it's one, it means it's fully visible in the viewport. And as you're scrolling that thing into the viewport, it's going to give you a threshold number of anything in between zero and one. So this plugin is, is specified to do anything above zero, I think. So as soon as something starts to come into the viewport, because that's generally what people want. So this, I didn't even describe what this plugin is, like how it feels. You use it with a new directive in Alpine called X intersect. So it's almost like an event handler. You just say X intersect, and then you put some code in there, like console.log, I came into the viewport. And you put that on any element, and then when that element intersects with the viewport is in there, it'll fire that, that um, callback. So super handy. Anyway, it's got a lot of defaults baked in that you normally have to configure and understand these kind of complex things about Intersection Observer. And that's what this plugin is. It's a convenience wrapper for Intersection Observer to make using that declarative and simple and fast and easy so that you never even have to think about it. And there's a lot of new APIs in the future that I could add to this to make it more robust. I even removed a few to launch it. It just is literally X intersect and that's it. The only other API I support is you can add dot once on the end of it. And that'll make sure you're only firing that code once. And this is useful for animating something in. You don't really need to animate it in again. Um, or lazy loading an image. That's another one that I actually used on the Alpine Day page. I lazy load specific images as you scroll to them. Um, and that's really helpful. And it's very simple. Like when I say lazy load image, I mean, you're literally like, setting the source attribute of an image from that X intersect, and then the browser will load it. There's other APIs I want to eventually tackle, like scrolling scroll directions. Like if this thing was intersected from the bottom, then do this. If it's intersected from the top, do this. And this is useful. We, uh, Ryan Atkins and I, we hacked on a, um, on a whatever, using Intersection Observer to, as a substitute for popper.js, so that if you're creating a dropdown, the dropdown doesn't go below the viewport and will go up. And then if you're, if the dropdown is at the top of the page, it'll go down instead of up. So it's not above the viewport. And you, we, we created a whole like intersect plugin that had all these things like from bottom to top or whatever, but that's really complex. Uh, we'll leave that for another day. Um, the other thing is potentially some sort of margin API so that you can detect an intersect before it actually intersects, you know, like give yourself a margin of like a hundred pixels. So if you want to do some work like lazy loading an image, you probably want to have a margin. Um, so that's something that I imagine will get added soon enough. And I don't, but I, you know, I haven't thought through all the best. Yeah. I haven't thought through all the best APIs for all this. So I wanted to get something out there and this really covers 90% of the use cases because for me, most of the use cases are, um, are, uh, what's it called? Infinite scrolling, where you have some loading indicator at the bottom that with X intersect on it, that when it gets intersected, you load more data and then it gets pushed farther down in the viewport and then intersects again. So infinite scrolling is something that I will definitely use this, definitely use this for, and then also, um, triggering those animations, but triggering analytics, ad views and lazy loading images is something I don't do very often. So I'm leaving it at X intersect and seeing where that takes us. So that's that. The plugin is out there. Um, fun notes on that. I thought this was one little thought I thought to share with you that kind of goes along. There's recurring lessons in this podcast, things that I keep learning and reinforcing for myself. And one of those is doing things from doing things by hand. I think we've talked about that, where basically 
my nature is to automate things, of course. So here's an example. I want to have a nice social card for the intersect documentation so that when I share it, um, yeah, well, I actually had a few ideas, but whatever. So that when I share it on Twitter, there's a nice social card. It doesn't just do the normal Alpine social card. Uh, this is something that is becoming a trend. GitHub just did really nice social cards. So now when you share a repo, it's sharing lots of information about that repo. Um, Vercel, Vercel has a really awesome, uh, I forget what it's called. Is it, I don't know, a really awesome open source tool that you can actually, you can actually use, um, their hosted version of this, but they have an open source tool that allows you to create your own little serverless social image generator that generates dynamic images. There's So there's a lot of, um, I don't know, people sort of waking up to the power of these social sharing images so that when you post a link on Twitter, there's a nice accompanying image and, you know, making them awesome. So of course, I'm tempted to set up uh, a serverless for sell server that you know, generates these things dynamically for every page on the docs and whatnot. But I knew the answer here is good old fashioned by hand uh, creating of a thing. And that's what I did. So I that's an instinct that I have. And I have learned um, that it's really powerful and helpful for me over the years is like, do everything by hand. So if I want a social image thing for this, just do the most minimal thing possible. Um, not the most minimal design, but do do the thing that requires the fewest tangents down automation road. Um, and that's like, whatever. There's a lot of a lot of places to take that. But I'll just say that I just sat there and designed it in Sketch until I was happy with it, which took a little bit. Um, but yeah, until I was happy with it. And then even things like I was, I wanted to somehow show the code of X intersect. And I was like, maybe I'll just put it right in the social card so that you can see the code directly in the social card, which I think was fun. And I did that. And then like, how do you get syntax highlighting on something like that? Well, I do it by hand. I go into a browser, I paste in a bit of code or I write a bit of code. Sorry, not in a browser, my code editor. I write in a bit of code and then I use a color dropper to pick every single color of the characters the way that the syntax highlighter highlights them. And then I recreate it in sketch by hand, like letter by letter, color by color. And that those are things that you might expect somebody to automate. But I found that my life is just better when I do those small things um, by hand, uh, rather than attempting to create some automation that isn't as polished as what I could sort of fake and sketch. I'm over time. Um, but yeah, hopefully that's, I don't know, some nugget there for you that I say that because somebody asked me, how did you generate that beautiful social grid? And I was like, yeah, I just did it in sketch and exported it as a JPEG and attached it to that URL specifically. So that's X intercept Go check it out. Um, thanks for hanging out. My mouse literally just stopped working and I can't stop this stream. Are you kidding me? All right. Well, I'm going to go put batteries in my mouse and then edit the next part out. Have a good day. <laughs>